welcome to an all new episode of Sip the Sauce. I'm your host, Lydia, but today I'm here alone. I'm sure you've known by now that over the last week, the state of Texas has been in a dire winter storm. People were without water, without electricity, and some are still without water. A lot of people have had broken or busted pipes. It's just, it's the worst case scenario. And so this episode going to do this by myself so my friends that are usually with me can take care of their own personal items and can really get their lives back on track. So let's get right into it. I'm not going to go too much into my experience or my family's experience during this horrible ice storm because I think we were all in the same boat. We were all cold. We were all miserable. We had no water, so we were all smelly by the end of the week. And I think that just is what we all went through. But I will toot my horn just a smidge when I was staying in town at my sister's place with my family. I was the one deemed the scavenger for the family, and I had to go out and find any food I could find, any gas, any water, just get what was needed for the family. Short story, um, the target at I-10 and Gessner was open. I went there that Wednesday morning, and a friend of mine's brother who lives in Dallas actually posted something on Facebook about getting one of those round, I guess, charcoal warmers and putting all the charcoal in there and heating it up. You could put a pot on top to get the water boiling and it could still be outside so it was safe, but you could still be warm. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, I can warm bottles on that. I can do all sorts of shit with that. So I'm in Target and I see one, uh, the only one on the shelf. And it just so happens that two guys were trying to decide if they wanted that uh that piece of piece of equipment and I have to say I was a total asshole I I walked up to them and I said oh what are you looking at and it it seemed like they were young kids or I would say young college kids who didn't quite know how to survive. And I was like, you know, I don't really think you need that. I mean, are you really going to stay outside and, you know, huddle around it? You probably want to try and find something you can use inside. And they totally believed everything I said. They said, oh yeah, that makes sense. Thanks. As soon as they walked away, I grabbed it and I put it in my basket. I have no shame. I do not feel bad about it. I had a seven month old baby who needed warm bottles and needed to have warm food. So because of that, and there's some other choice stories that I will keep off the air because they don't show me in a great light. Um, I can, I now consider myself Lydia the scavenger of the North. So if you hear any songs or ballads about me uh, in the inner loop, well, you can say you know me. I will tell you this whole experience, I will never let myself be caught with my pants down again. As soon as everything calms down, I'm going to get a a generator big enough for my entire home and I'm going to set it up. So All you have to do is flip a switch and keep on going. Uh, I am going to, you know, luckily we had water and food. We never, 
got into a pinch there. It's just about like the, the feeling of being cold and everything. I will have to say, I'm not a fan of a gas fireplace. Uh, it took some, some fancy maneuvering and a friend's husband really helping me out and kind of teaching me how to get some heat off of that gas fireplace, but it was still nothing like a real full wooded fireplace. So Again, once, you know, we're out of the winter season, I'm going to get a fireplace guy. I don't know if those exist, but I'm going to find one, hopefully. And I want them to come and fix the fireplace. Um, There's just a lot of things that I want to get in place. Not just if this happens again, because personally, I think this is going to be our new winter. I think one week a year during winter, we're going to have a really shitty week. And I don't ever want to have to be in this situation again. But then we also have hurricane season. So Texans, especially Southeast Texas, Houstonians, Galveston, all the coastal cities, we're, you know, PTSD from this winter just so we can have a nice little summer. And then boom, here comes hurricane season. Or again, you got to hold on to your ass and wonder if you're going to, you know, float away again. I don't know about anybody else out there listening. I can't decide if I'd rather have no power and be cold or no power and be hot. I always say you can put on more clothes, but you can't take off skin. Uh, A couple years ago during Ike, that was miserable. That was the hottest, most stickiest, nastiest time I think I've ever had here in Houston. So thinking about that to being cold, I I don't know. I guess I would probably say I prefer to be cold than I would prefer to be hot just because once you're down to skin, I mean, what else do you have? Um, Fans only work so much. Everyone in Houston knows about the whole circulating hot air. It's just not pleasant. So Overall, you know, we've made it. It's funny thinking, you know, it's Sunday here that this time last week we were thinking, oh, it's going to be kind of bad, but not too bad. Um, And then it just ended up being a total shit show. Um, I, I don't even know what to say. I'm just glad to be warm. I'm glad to be sitting here with my beer that actually needed to go in the refrigerator to get cold and not just sat in my like meat locker house. So I'm pretty happy, pretty blessed with where I am today. But there are so many people out there that are still dealing with busted pipes. I have a sorority sister in Dallas. Every time she gets one pipe fixed that busted, another one is issued. I feel so horrible for her, but she's on this journey where every time she thinks she's done, there's something else. I've seen pictures all over Facebook of people I know or people that I know know, and they've got ceilings kind of caved in and everything from from the water damage. I just, this is, it's going to take a couple, a long, a long time. I can't even say a couple weeks. It's going to take a long time for people to get back to some sort of normal. You know, I start work again tomorrow because I was off most of last week and it's just like, 
How do you just go back and sink into your normal routine when you know there are still people out there without water, no water pressure? Luckily, everybody has electricity, but people are still out there really struggling. So my heart is out to all of those that are still dealing with the ramifications of this Texas ice storm. And, um, you know, I hope you can get things ready uh, or get things back to normal as soon as you can. Uh, so that brings us, now that we've went over the, the experience, let's talk about some of the things that failed us as Texans. Um, I don't know about any of you, but I had never heard of ERCOT until this week. I thought when I I knew that when I paid my electricity bill, it went to a company, but that was just like the middleman that the other person was center point. And I think it's different all around the state, but out here at center point, um, I had no idea that there was somebody beyond center point. And this is ERCOT and ERCOT stands for electric reliability council of Texas. I mean, obviously in the title, they're lying because there's nothing reliable about these people in the first place. Because if they were reliable, the state of Texas would not have had the shit show we had last week. My opinion. Um, So apparently this ERCOT, they manage the grid and the flow of electricity in Texas. Again, I did not know, and this is my fault for not being more more involved, but I didn't know that Texas managed its own grid and its own electricity consumption. Um, I thought that that was kind of something that was looped in on the federal level. And there was the center points of the world who, you know, kind of managed it, but it was a federal thing. So that was really interesting for me to, to find out. Um, something else that I thought was really interesting. So this ERCOT is made up of, I think, about 15 people in, in like chair people. Um, the chairwoman of the committee and the vice chairman of the committee don't even live in Texas. Are you kidding me? How can they know what we need for power and they don't even live in our damn state? I think... You know, that that's just ridiculous. I when it all started coming out that they were kind of controlling the ship, I, a lot of just regular everyday people were like, This is bullshit, it's horrible. And then you hear Governor Abbott come on and he's like, This is ridiculous and we're gonna have to look into this. In my opinion, why are you just looking into this? These are people that you have known about, or as a governor, you should talk to these people all the freaking time. Why is he acting as appalled as we are acting? I think that's bullshit. He should have known that we weren't ready. I think there was a report. I saw a a report that years ago, ERCOT was told, hey, you need to get ready for some really bad cold weather that's going to hit y'all at some point. And you're going to need to be able to keep the, the state of Texas with power. And they kind of like just blew it off and went about their day. I mean, how negligible can one group of people be? It's absurd. Um, 
So because of them, this is why, you know, we were in the situation that we were in. Um, I read another article that said that, um, that they asked the U.S. Energy Department if they could max out our energy consumption or production. And I read one article that said that the U.S. Energy Department said no. And then I read another one that said that they said yes. And so I did some digging and the, the part, the, you know, um, the United States Energy Department told ERCOT, yes, go ahead, produce all the energy, the electricity that you need to keep power in the hands of the Texans, but don't go overboard. Well, you know, I don't want to try and get political here, but being that we are a Republican state and right now the federal government is a Democratic uh, party, um, you know, there was a lot of comments out there about the Democrats are punishing Texas and that's why we weren't allowed to, you know, have full um, full power. And I just want to say I did the, the research. I saw the report. I saw the request. That is not true. We ERCOT did ask for it and they were granted it. Now, I did not either do enough digging or I didn't see the end of it to say that ERCOT did then produce what they were supposed, what they asked to produce or did they limit it down? I don't know about that, but I'm just saying they asked, the federal government said yes, and that's it. It's no Republican versus Democrat or anything right now. It is just the question was asked and they got a yes. So I just want to be very clear on that. So in addition to my displeasure with ERCOT, I also thought it was really suspect that at least in Dallas and Houston, when millions of people were without energy, that both of them had their downtowns completely lit up. I believe uh, the county judge, Linda Hildago in, or Lena, sorry, Lena Hildago in Houston said that they were going to ask the downtown folks if they could turn their power off so we could so they could divert it to where it's needed. I don't remember being asked if they could turn off my electricity. In my opinion, they should just flip the damn switch. And there you go. There's no problem anymore. Who actually has been working in these downtown city centers since March of last year? Do they really need these entire buildings up and running this entire time? To me, that was a slap in the face to everybody who did not have energy. Um, Wednesday night when I was heading to my uncle's house, we were going down Westheimer. It was completely dark until we got to a certain section of Westheimer. And I literally saw a lamp shop with all of their fancy, pretty lamps in the window completely lit up. There were apartment buildings completely dark across the street with no power, but the lamp shop had lights. I think, again, depending on where you stand on this, you're not going to want the government to have too much control over what you're doing or how you're living your life. But in a situation like this, where people are dying because they have no power in their home, if you are a non-essential and in a situation like this, non-essential is 
anybody who's not a hospital or someone who's actually taking care of the people, you should not have power. It should be diverted to essential places. And I think essential includes residential areas. But again, that is just my two cents on, on that. Um, so the last thing I really want to hit, I think not just Texans, I think everybody in the country has an opinion on Senator Ted Cruz. Um, can I just start out by saying, Senator Cruz, from one Texan to another, you're a piece of shit. Like, how dare you see Texans out here just trying to survive the best way that they can, and you think it's a right time to load your family up on a plane and head to Cancun? Who the hell do you think you are? Obviously, you think you're better than everybody else in Texas, but you're not. You're basic. Um, so if you don't know the story, which I feel like everybody knows the story, um, Senator Cruz decided uh, that he was going to take his kids to Cancun. This is the first version. The children asked to go to Cancun because I guess they were cold. And so he said, of course, let me accompany you to Cancun. Now, when everybody saw him leaving for Cancun, people were like, where the hell does he think he's going? He was very quick to say, oh, I'm just dropping the kids off in Cancun and then I'm coming back. Well, I don't know about you, but if I'm going on a back and forth trip, are you packing a carry-on that you need to extend to fit more shit in? I don't need to extend my damn luggage if I'm just flying out and flying back in. But that was his story. So he goes out there, he comes back the next day, and people were waiting at the airport for him, ready to pounce on his ass. Well, conveniently, he basically left out the back door, and so they had to go to his home and catch him. Um, and then, you know, trying to find his way out of this shithole he created. I mean, he threw his kids under the bus, and it was the kids' fault, and it, and then, you know, oh, well, I was going to come back, and I don't know why I made this decision. I was sitting on the plane, and I knew it was a bad idea. Number one, if there's any, you know, parents of about 10 to 13-year-old children uh, listening, if your 10 to 13-year-old children came to you and said, I want to go to Cancun, are you going to say, sure, let me get us a, get us a plane? You're going to say, no, go sit your little ass back down and go in the other room. I've never been a part of a family or seen a family where 10 to 13 year olds run the roost that way and can dictate when vacations happen. But hey, maybe that's the, the cruise household. Well, that was the original, you know, kind of story that was out there. But as the days went on, um, you come to find out that his wife actually sent a text message um, and maybe emails, I think I know about text messages, out to her friends and offered them to go with them to Cancun and basically explained, yeah, we're ditching the cold, going to Cancun, who wants to go? Now, from what I can see, from what I've heard, um, everyone 
told her no. But again, so this was not your child or your children making this decision. This was a conscious decision from adults who not only is one of them a public figure in the state of Texas, in the world, you know, with all his crazy shit he's been doing these days, he's known, you know, across the United States lately. I mean, how did he think it was the right thing to do to pack up the family and go to Mexico? I mean, yes, I guess if I look at it, devil's advocate, if I had the ability to get my family and take them away from the cold to have a better life for that the, that week, I probably would or I want to. Let me rephrase that. I'd want to do it. But I have a conscience, and if I was a public figure in that state, I would know, hey, you can't go and do that because you have all eyes on you. If his wife and his children wanted to go, you know what? At the end of the day, they could have gone. Who gives a shit if they went? It's the fact that he left the constituents of Texas got on a plane, and if he wouldn't have gotten caught, he wouldn't have been back until probably sometime this week after everything was all better. That just chaps my ass. I, ugh, He's the worst type of person, in my opinion. Uh, and then there was a whole nother level of this, which I assume everyone has seen. The poor dog Snowflake, who was left in a freezing cold house looking out the window. Like, are you kidding me? There, people, people are really shitty to people, but a lot of people draw a line in the sand when people are shitty to animals. And he was shitty to that poor Snowflake. And Snowflake could not book her own flight. Snowflake could not do anything as an adult would do. Poor Snowflake was just dropped and left. I hope when things are back together, the SPCA does a well animal check on Snowflake. And we look at maybe, you know, getting her some a better home. Because obviously they don't give two shits about Snowflake. Hashtag free Snowflake. So I'm going to stop on my rant about Ted Cruz because I could go on forever because that man is just the worst. Um, I do want to give a big shout out for the heroes of this whole debacle. And I think the three main heroes here, we hear them, especially in Houston, Every single natural disaster, every single issue, Mattress Mac, H-E-B, and Chick-fil-A. Those three conglomerates are always stepping up in a big, big way, especially for the city of Houston. I mean, I, 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 how do you not give Mattress Mac sainthood? I mean, again, he opened up his, he opened up his, his businesses for people to come and get warm and charge their phones and just have a safe haven. Like that is just being a good person. And that's who he is. And he's shown that time and time again. And I really personally would like to say thank you on behalf of all Houstonians, Mattress Mac, for doing what you do for us. 
uh, H-E-B. I mean, if you're from Texas, you are a already a huge fan of H-E-B just for what they, how they run their business. During COVID, they've been on point, you know, during other natural disasters, they've been on point and they did not disappoint this time at all. They've done their best to keep their shelves stocked and to make sure people are getting water and food. And they are not only doing that for the people, but they're really good to their, their employees. So again, uh, the corporation, uh, HGB, the butt family, thank you so much for all you do. And then for Chick-fil-A, you know, again, feeding those that are out there trying to get the electricity on, trying to do what they can locally and across the state to get Texans back with electricity and power. And for them, feeding them and opening their doors for the regular public, just, you know, you can't say enough good things about them. Thank you, Chick-fil-A. I haven't always seen eye to eye with Chick-fil-A, but they're, when the cards are down, they're definitely there to help out. Um, And then this last person I want to give a shout out to total surprise. Some people love her. Some people hate her. I'm personally indifferent and I'm talking about AOC. This woman has no ties to Houston. She has no, you know, she there's no reason why she decided to start fundraising for the city of Houston. I think she ended up raising just over $3 million. She came down. She was here, I believe, yesterday or this weekend uh, to give the money to um, to the Houston Food Bank. And she, you know, helped pass food and water out and, you know, say what you will about her. Feel how you want to feel about her. At the end of the day, she did a good deed and she didn't have to. Um, I would say her only connection that I can really think of to Houston, to Texas is her Twitter battles with Ted Cruz. So I would assume this is probably honestly another little jab to him, which I'm okay with. And I totally agree with, but I do also want to say thank you to AOC for, for coming out and for supporting Houston during our time of need. Um, so that's, you know, kind of our, our, our last week in Houston in a nutshell. I mean, it, it's been a shit show, but as always, when the cards are down and shit gets rough in Texas, Texans help Texans, unless you're Ted Cruz. You know, I've, I've never seen so many offers to people to come and, you know, wash at other people's homes, have a warm meal, charge their, their electronics, um, helping out with casseroles. You know, personally, I had, you know, my friend's 
who offered to have me and my son go over there to keep him warm. I had um, people help me with my fireplace. I had people that I haven't talked to in forever reaching out, asking if I needed any help, if I had any pipes burst. Um, It's just really, really heartwarming to see the people of Texas really step up, reach a hand out, help a neighbor, help anybody in the community, I mean, that's what we do. That's what we do in Texas. We step up and we help each other out. And I know every other city would come to the rescue of their own. But I guess being a Texan, it's just, you know, say what you want to say about the state of Texas. And we might have some shit wrong and have things backwards. But We will never let our own, our neighbors, our friends, our coworkers suffer if we can help somebody else. So again, very, very proud to be a Texan right now. Uh, So let's talk about next week. Uh, March 1st will be the next episode you hear from me. And that episode is going to be our first SIP investigation. We are going to start doing true crime episodes every first Monday of the new month. And so I'm really looking forward to this. This next, uh, this first episode is really interesting and I'm really looking to dive into it with a great group of ladies. The following true crime one we have, we actually are going to have somebody whose husband was murdered in 1985. She's written books. She's been on TV shows. She's, it's going to be a whole new kind of world actually getting to interview and talk to somebody one-on-one who's lived the life of a true crime. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, If you have any residual feelings or thoughts on the things that have been happening here in Texas during the snowstorm, or if you have any suggestions or anything you want to say about the show, please call into our new hotline. I will be reviewing those messages. And if anything comes up that I can add to the show, change, discuss, I would love to hear it. Our, the number is 832 832- 779-6067. Again, it is 832-779-6067. Thanks for listening. I hope you have a great week and I'll see y'all next week. Bye. Thanks for listening. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at sip underscore the underscore sauce. And make sure you check for new episodes wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great day.